Hello everyone and welcome back to Single Scoops. I'm JR and with us today we have Old R and for the first time ever, me. Wow. Yay. <laughs> you wanna y'all wanna say hi so we know whose voices goes with whose name. Sup. <laughs> Is that sufficient? That's <laughs> Min. That's Min. I'm Old R. <laughs> there we go. Great. Okay. So it's almost been six months since our last Single Scoops episode, but that's because we've been releasing episodes of our main podcast, which is entitled K-Pop Sunday, since July. So if you haven't heard those yet, please do check them out. We got a lot of good topics this season. Since our regular programming did not have anything Halloween related, we wanted to come on here and do a quick episode about some of our favorite spooky slash scary slash intensely costumed music videos in honor of the holiday. So, Oldar, why don't you start us off with your pick? So, my pick is going to be very surprising to everyone involved because normally I go very old. This one came out at the beginning, like around January. It's Golden Child's Burn It. So the song has nothing to do with Halloween. It's about comforting someone and giving hugs. But the reason why it's listed here is because of the music video. It's about a zombie outbreak and it's a whole drama. Like it it really should have been made into like a movie or like a miniseries. And it features the members dealing with various zombie-related situations, such as scavenging for supplies, there's sick members, there's people running from zombies, people making barricades, trying to beat back zombies, or getting mobbed by zombies. It's basically a thriller, and there is a lot of tension. Not really suspense, because you see everything, but there's just, like, something that's happening on there that's just, ah, I really hope this goes well. Like, there's a lot of members being chased. There's a couple members who get left behind. There's places where they're trying to take refuge in, being broken into. Some people are trapped. Some people, as I mentioned earlier, get mobbed, etc. There's a member whose leg is injured, and he helps another member to hold a gun to his head. Because I think it's supposed to be implied that he's turning into a zombie. But then he makes it out. Okay, so I'm not sure what was going on there. Um, There's a girl (laughs) hiding with one of the members, and she's been bitten. And she's trying to, you know, like, oh, no, he doesn't need to know this because he's taking care of her being so kind. But eventually she has to confront that, yes, she's being turned into a zombie. And so she tries to run away from him and restrain herself with, like, cords on her legs. So that way, like, when she turns into a zombie, she won't attack him. And then there's also a mom who already turned into a zombie, but her son won't leave her, which is very sad. Eventually the zombie girl and the mom get hugs And there is a moment where the girl turns into a human again, like her eyes clear up. Because like when you become a zombie in this drama, your eyes gray over, which when someone passes, that happens. This isn't a great descriptor for it. But then like her (laughs) eyes go back to like her normal eye color. And that's like how it ends, which is like, ah, it takes inspiration from a lot of zombie movies. But it it ends with the feeling of inevitable doom. (laughs) It's like nobody makes it out well. Like there's like small victory moments such as when one member climbs on top of a bus and is saved from the zombies that are going after him. And then there's another time where the members find radios and they get in contact with each other. But the really only form of a happy ending is when the girl is temporarily herself. Compared to a lot of other 
music videos that have taken on the zombie drama, this one feels more like people tried. <laughs> like, there was a lot of different mm-hmm. storylines going on. I felt like all the members really sold their acting. Like, there wasn't somebody who was like, I, this isn't believable. You're, you don't feel the danger of the situation or anything like that. No, it very much feels like they were in that world. So I do have to commend them for that. I know there's like one or two members who are going into acting. So that might help. But it just felt like everyone gave a solid performance. I was looking at the comments under the video. And apparently, I'm assuming before the music video actually dropped, they released a webtoon. Oh. Which followed the storyline. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And obviously, it's not the first time a group has done that. Like we know BTS did that a few years back. But I think it's really cool when they add these little extra details to the comeback. It just, it feels more substantial, I guess. Like, not everyone has to have a webtoon. I'm not saying that. But I just think the effort that was put into this, the cinematography was great. The acting was pretty good. Like like you said, Bowman was the main actor. He's the one with, like, the white blonde hair. He's been in a few things already, and he's actually pretty good. The color grading, I thought, was really good. That kind of cold, kind yes, of the colors really are right, contrast. Yeah. yeah, the contrast between the light and the dark. I thought that was really great. There's one member of Red Hair, and that's the one who gets the gun to his head. Mm. Which, yeah, that's also yeah, yeah. a really high-tension moment, mm-hmm. where it's like he wants to be put out of his misery. Yeah. But he doesn't actually go through with it because then there's like a I know because they just like bust out of the room. Out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, hold on. I th- it's like, <laughs> is he becoming be- a zombie or not? <laughs> or is he just like, you know what? My leg is slowing me down. Just put me out of my misery now. So that way I don't come after you later. Yeah. Which it might just be that. Mm. That's kind of questionable. But like, I didn't feel like there were a lot of like plot holes mm-hmm. for this. Like, yeah, if for a music video that did what it did and was just trying to get across like the emotion, because like the whole thing is about how. You know, like, if you're going through a rough time, like, I'll hug you, which when they were on Weekly Idol to promote this, that was, like, the big thing that Unyuk was, like, oh, like, bringing up, like, the hugs aspect of mm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great. And the song was really good, too. Yeah. So was the choreography. I'm not, like, a big fan of Golden Child in the sense that I don't follow their music very closely. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. But Wise Voice is one of my favorite voices in k-pop and like if he released a solo album i would listen to the whole thing <laughs> but his voice i thought again stood out quite a bit in this song so i really liked it and i really thought i was gonna go to like something older but this music video like ever since i saw it at the beginning of the year i have been referencing it constantly to like other people <laughs> It's like, oh, well, you know, there's like a lot of releases that have been good. It's like, okay, what about like younger groups? And it's like, oh, well, there's this one music video. Like I keep calling back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I only listened to like Golden Child's like debut song. I think a member in Golden Child is like the brother of someone from Infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that like that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge. But I really like this music video, which then made me dive more into their stuff. So... (laughs) Very surprising for people who know me, and especially how I've been going very hardcore into first gen this year. Shows growth. Some good stuff. It's not growth, because it's only this one thing. Yeah. One step is better than none. (laughs) Did you have a chance to watch it, man? Uh, I listened to it on Spotify, so I've heard the song. (laughs) But I didn't get to watch the music videos, I'd like. (laughs) But it's a good song. Okay. Yes, it is. So... If you've not seen it yet and you're in like, ooh, 
I want a music video of zombies that actually has some effort, this is a good one. So I'd mm-hmm. recommend it. I was just going to say, I feel like these long-form music videos aren't really trendy anymore. Yeah. So it's cool to see them kind of bring something back from a, f- a few generations back. Right. This is... Music videos like this were more of the trend in like the early to mid-2000s. Like when I first started getting into K-pop, it was like Lee Soo Young's Alone had like this whole three music video storyline and then two or three music videos. And then what was the other one? SG Wannabe. They had like their debut stuff was like three different storylines that merge into like the last one. But it depends on like where the pieces are. Like there was a lot of that back in the day. So it's like seeing some artists bringing that back. Like I really appreciate that. And also I like how this can stand on its own. Mm-hmm. I like how it's okay if you didn't read like the webcomic. You can still enjoy it and get a lot of it like me. But if you want to pursue going more into it, that's great. Whereas there's some music videos I've seen lately where you have to have this whole massive backstory. Otherwise, you miss a lot of things. And the music video just looks kind of out of place. So I more appreciate this form where it's like there is this whole extended thing, but it's great as a standalone. So I think that a lot of other music video directors could learn something from this. Definitely a textbook good music video with a storyline. So Min, why don't you talk about yours? Mine is probably the most stereotype Halloween camp you can get (laughs) out of the three, I believe. So my choice is Donkey's Blockbuster, which actually was their second single ever. I've seen some people be like, it's their debut because the other one was a pre-debut. Not really. (laughs) Their debut song got a remix, I believe, and then was released. I don't know. Weird. Anyway, it's their second single, and it features a sample from the iconic song Ghostbuster by Ray Parker Jr., aka the Ghostbusters theme from, well, Ghostbusters, the movie. Not the weird British show that made the licensing (laughs) from Ghostbusters in the UK be weird. (laughs) I looked through the album description for this song to find any sort of context about it because it didn't do particularly well, so there isn't a lot of info to find about it in general. At least I couldn't in my short researching session, but basically the album description describes this release as a powerful herbal medicine that will blow away the summer of 2019. It's just such a good line. And that, like a blockbuster, Don Kids will grow even more. It's a very hopeful release. The group has released a lot of good songs, but I'm not sure if they have reached the same level as an actual blockbuster yet. But it's a good song. <laughs> oh yeah. As you might guess, the song and music video is very inspired by Ghostbusters. And the best, or at least my favorite, live performance of this song is whenever they're styled in the quote-unquote uniform. And there is one where the backup dancers that they have puts, like, helps the members put on some proton packs during the performance and also helps them take them off as a part of the choreography, which I really, really love. But it's also kind of hilarious how their styling team has been like, we can't use official merch, so we gotta step around the copyright limits a little bit. And it's it's wonderful. It's the same in the music video. It's, <laughs> it's just so cute. We're parodying it. Yes, it works. 
I like this music video because it is fun. As someone who's a fan of Ghostbusters, it's like it's got a very like fun vibe where it's like very clearly like it's enjoyable, like it's entertaining. Yeah. Like just like from like the attitudes to like once again the costuming. I also like how they made the proton packs. Like yeah. they're very clearly much lighter, but they have like I think they're like LED in some of like the backpacks. And then and like they're very much simplified. But then also though, I like the choreography. This looks like something if you've got five friends, yeah, well, four friends and you, this is like a good group song yeah. to dance to. It looks like, like a lot of fun. I also really like the dance for this comeback quite a bit, except for the chorus, just because you can't do the chorus by yourself. That just looks dumb. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said, like, you need to have friends. But, like, this, look- this looks like a good one to do if you've got, like, four friends. You're like, I w- yeah. just want to do something fun. Like, just dance to something fun, not really caring about, like, how technical you are. Like, you know, like, the Just Dance, like, which I know is really awful. Like, I know a lot of people didn't like the Connect, But, like, those games when, like, you got, like, a couple friends and they're doing it with you and just it's just goofy fun. I feel like this is that sort of vibe. That's what this is for. Yeah. And there's also so many small ad-lib parts in the dance. So when you watch each performance they're a little bit different which i like because i feel like a lot of idol groups now are very focused on doing the exact same thing every single performance Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if i like that yet it makes for some really cool videos when people like put on the transitions from each yeah performance like it looks really cool but i just i don't know i don't vibe with it (laughs) I like to see them be themselves and not just the choreographed version of themselves. Exactly. Like, it really shows what a performer they are, where they're like, oh, I'm gonna do something funny. Because I can only think of, like, a handful of times when there's idols who've done, like, a lot of ad-libbing in their songs. Like, H.O.T.'s Hangbook comes to mind because it was very different, like, considering the performance. But also, and Flying's The Real when they had like the little ad lib part in there, which was always funny. And then I think Norojo, they had a couple ad lib stuff. Like, yes, I do like it, as you said, with like the transition parts. But I also like it, though, when you have like your favorite performance. It's like because they did something funny here or I like when I saw this interaction here. Yeah, now it's mostly mm-hmm. just my favorite outfit is my favorite performance, which is a bit like, oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Or, like, my favorite stage, which there are some stages that I feel like are much better than others. I like looking at, like, the different stages, especially for, like, bigger groups who, like, they do have the budget to, like, go over and do something different every single time and have, like, a lot of stage props and stuff. That's interesting to look at. But when it's the actual idols who are doing something different, that's cooler to me because that takes more effort because you got to think of stuff. Yeah. I think I was looking at an old 2 p.m. video and you could tell in the live stage that they were just having a lot of fun it was not about being precise it was about enjoying themselves type thing and a lot of people in the comments were like oh i miss this time when idols were so carefree and all this stuff and i was kind of thinking a bit about why that's not really the case anymore and i think it's just there's too much competition and i'm not saying it wasn't saturated back in the day but i think nowadays there's just too much pressure to be perfect and to stand out in that way so they can't let go type thing, which is unfortunate. And a lot of songs don't allow them to do that anyway. 
Right. But like this song, I think is perfect for that. It's very bubbly. It's very upbeat. It's very, like you said, kind of campy. Yeah. <laughs> so it works in that sense. But otherwise, yeah. It's something that now I feel bad that I just found out about it because if I'd seen this like when it came out, this would have been on my 2019 list. Absolutely. 100%. So I'm like, this is perfect. But yeah, the music video for only has 100,000 views, which feels stupidly low, even though it's a small group. But just because it really people really should need to go back and look at it over and over because it's so fun. Yeah. And also you should look at the live stages of this song because they bring on a special guest every time they perform it. And I love it. That's fun. This is how you should do entertainment. I feel like this is entertainment where everyone involved is having fun with it. Like the audience sees something different. The members are doing something fun. This is living. It's like, yes. Everybody has fun except for there's one M countdown performance where the backup dancers, oh, a lot of them just look like they're done with this. They're so over it. They're just not oh. here for it at all while the main boys are just like oh. happy and stuff. No. That's unfortunate. They didn't have a lot of performances with backup dancers, and in most of them, the backup dancers are having just as much fun, but there's just one performance where you see a lot of them being like, oh man, this has been a long day. I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> That's sad. I, I love it whenever you see like the backup dancers who are into it as well. Yeah. Like I always think of Devil and Angel's Bad Girl. That one always sticks in my head because you can see the dancers behind them. They're kind of mouthing the words and like kind of like really getting into it. To me, I always I do pay attention to the dancers as well. And the ones who are into it, I feel like that makes the performance so much better. Because it's mm -hmm. like, you know that like even behind the scenes, like they're happy to be here today. It's not just a job. They're like, it's a performance and I'm and I'm glad that I'm part of it. JR, your pick. <laughs> okay, so I think I actually have the oldest pick today. Because this song's from 2016. Look at that. <laughs> you outolded me. That's a first, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> so the song I picked is Newest's Overcome, which is the English title. The Korean title is uh, Yoang E Gisa, which translates to The Queen's Night. And it was the title track of their fourth EP entitled Q Is. And like I said, it came out in 2016. So this was like pre produce 101 season two before they had their giant explosion to fame i like that seeing all the members because i remember them being separated for so long i was like counting i'm like oh this is everyone yeah yeah exactly this comeback was their first korean comeback i think in over a year at the time they had been in japan for a really long time because they actually had a pretty big japanese fan base even before they like got big it had been a really long time since they had a Korean comeback. So I think this one, they were really hoping for it to kind of set off their upward trajectory. And it didn't really do that. Like, I think it did pretty well overall. I think it hit number five on the guy on charts or something, the album, which isn't bad. But it didn't give them their first win, unfortunately. But anyway, this is all besides the point. So the song itself, the lyrics feature the members singing to their queen, which during the promotional period, they attributed the queen to their fans, saying they will always be by their fans' side, regardless of the situation. They will always find them and take away their pain and sadness, like that type of thing. That was the kind of vibe. It's a very poppy, synth-heavy track, and I think it was pretty unique for the time in the sense that they did things with it that weren't common. Just the structure of the song 
was unlike a lot of the music at the time. And I think this uniqueness mixed really well with the members' voices because I feel like the members, separately, they're unique. And then when you put them all together, it creates this really cool sound. Yeah, I just think that they all mesh really well together and this type of song works really well with that as well. So the reason I picked this song, I could have sworn this one was based on a comic, but I could not find a source for that. I thought that there is like a physical comic book called The Queen's Night, but I could not find anything about that. Maybe I just made it up in my head. But (laughs) yeah, so the music video is highly conceptual and that's kind of why I chose it because it's like very heavily costumed. The sets are pretty intricate. So it's not so much scary or anything like that. It's just like you'd probably see a night sometime on Halloween if you're going to a party. Like that's kind of my thought process with that. So the imagery is, again... Kind of similar to the color grading of Burn It. It's very high contrast, the dark and the light, very cold. And it follows a loose plot in which the members are dressed in like really steampunk-esque outfits. So it's not your usual idea of a knight in, you know, metal armor and stuff like that. It's got a lot of kind of like goggles and a lot of layers and folds in the fabric, that type of thing, and a lot of metal like there's a lot of mixtures of textures within it and they're searching for their queen after she's pulled through like a window very dramatically and they're all kind of like jumping after her it's kind of funny i'm not gonna lie yeah but that kind of symbolizes her sadness like she's been pulled away from them because of her sadness and like i said her pain has created like these walls around her heart and that's symbolized by scenes of her staring at the members through a glass wall as they're trying to find her throughout the thing and they want to like break down her walls and take her pain away and it's highly conceptual now that i'm saying it (laughs) yeah it is in fact i've seen people say that the music video is kind of confusing and i think it is you have to watch it a couple times because there's a lot of flashbacks i think that's what people don't understand there's flashbacks to the past and then it flashes back to the present and i think people have a hard time differentiating between those two the first time watching it so i do suggest you watch it more than once but each member is trekking through their own difficulties separately trying to find her like minhyun is going through like a frozen wasteland Ren is sitting next to a fire in another frozen wasteland type thing. And eventually they come to this red staircase. It's really oddly shaped. It's like a V, if I remember correctly. And Minhyun ascends to find the queen there. And they have both overcome their hardships and are together again. So they've kind of come to the end of the battle. And, you know, it's it's some good stuff. I love yeah. that one as far as their discography goes. <laughs> I love music videos with great aesthetic. It's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Before Newest kind of exploded, they did start doing some like highly conceptualized stuff. Like Love Paint is another one that has a lot of that great aesthetic touch. Like whoever was the art director for Love Paint, it was absolute art. I love that one. That one's not so much something you can like put into a Halloween category, but it's another good one. Very, very beautiful. I remember their debut and I was like, wow, they're really on their way. But that was also the boy band boom of 2012, yeah, which was great. It was like everyone debuted at the same time and we're all kind of like strong, sort of very similar kind of vibe. 
except for Vex, which went entirely in the opposite direction of being happy <laughs> with superhero. <laughs> I think it was superhero. Yeah. But then everyone went in such different directions. You got Block B, which is a whole nother thing. You got BAP. Who else was there? Vix was that year. Newest was that year. Didn't BTS come out there? Was B2B that year? No, or BTS was 2013. Oh, total 2012. You don't remember stuff. No, BTS was 2013. Uh, they were the only, I think they were either the only or one of the only boy groups who came out of 2013 that like lasted. Mm-hmm. I really paid attention to the 2012 boom because a lot of the leaders were my age. Yongook's my age. Hakyan's my age. Unquan's my age. So it was like, oh, my people. Tail's my age. He's he's younger than me by a couple months. But it was like, oh, my age. People are finally debuting. Before that, I only knew about like the members of Shiny. There's like two or three right. members who are my age. I looked up 2013 in Korean music, and you're right. BTS is the only boy group here that actually like lasted well. I had to look oh, it up sad. for something, and I was just so shocked. Well, there, I, obviously there's multiple reasons for it, but it was just like, wow, they're the only ones still around. Well, to be fair, at this point, a lot of the 2013s probably would have disbanded because we're getting to the point where the 2014s are going their own way or renewing with the company or walking away from the company. Like, GOT7 was a 2014. I think Red Velvet was a 2014 because they just upped their contract. And there was like one or two other groups that were 2014. That came up with it. But I think God Seven's probably the biggest one that people had an eye on because of them leaving JYP. So yeah, good for newest. They made it. Not with this song, unfortunately. <laughs> but when like people went back through their discography, this probably would have been one of them that people found and were like, oh, right. wow, nice. That's the thing. When they had their big upturn, people went back through their discography and they're like, wait... <laughs> why were we not listening (laughs) and i was like i don't know why weren't you listening (laughs) i think they've had a pretty solid discography throughout their career there's still some of the younger idols to come out of 2012 because they were 15 or 16 when they debuted and everyone else like their younger members of those groups that came out in 2012 they were around that age maybe but a majority of their members were the same age. So, and like Aaron is two years older than them. But yeah, it's some good stuff. Hi. If you haven't listened to our podcast before, don't. <laughs> no. But we used to make a blog. So I just wanted to mention the origins of the spooky episodes. Because we have done a spooky episode last year, I believe. But we have been trying to do a spooky week on some social media for the last like three or four years now, I believe. It started on Tumblr. And I think we did two years of spooky week on Tumblr. I'm not sure. One or two. And then we did an Instagram. And then we've also been doing a spooky week on our Instagram this year that you should definitely check out if you want just more spooky, ooky spooky Halloween K-pop fun things. It is fun and you should look at it. And we also have a Spotify playlist where you can listen to our picks of K-pop Halloween songs throughout the years. If you're still getting some spooky vibes today. Or for next year. Or just all year around, I guess. That's all. So those are our Halloween picks for the year. We just wanted to mention some real quick. 
if you haven't heard of them or if you have heard of them and you're just happy to hear us talk about it. I don't know. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSumbays or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Another single scoop might be coming out pretty soon, and we will also definitely be having normal episodes come out on the K-Pop Sunday podcast. So keep your eye out for those. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.